Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back, Julie. It is January the 27th. Yes. Yes. So an amazing uh, first month of the year. I know. Time flies, right? I mean, Zoe's just started saying, time flies when you're having fun. I must have been having fun. (laughs) In case you know or don't know this, if you're a first-time listener, Zoe's seven. (laughs) She picks up everything. Yes, she does. So, yes. Um, so we're going to be talking about, Julie and I are working on a, it's going to be a visual, a graph. It's going to be something that's going to help you guys to understand um, visually, because most people are visual learners. It's going to help you to understand visually, essentially deciphering some of the ways that people are trying to sell you guys different sources of business, primarily leads. And so what we're doing is we're making a, a graph and the graph is going to be like essentially a normal sort of chart, you know, where you have a horizontal axis and you have a you know a vertical axis and then you're going to have a essentially a, a line that's going to go from the bottom left corner to the bottom right corner but that doesn't even matter for now the essence of this project that we're doing is so that when you're trying to decide whether you should be investing in a particular source of leads or really any business endeavor that you can refer back to this chart and then you can see where that particular you know idea might fall in terms of what how effective it's going to be you know essentially the um <laughs> the risk reward uh, qu- quotient is really the way we're kind of thinking this through. This is something we've worked on for probably about two weeks, and we're getting to the point now where we've got all the facts down. Now we're going to start working on the actual visual of it. So expect this probably in the next two weeks that we'll be giving it to you guys all for free. And again, the purpose of it is, is so when someone hits you up to buy something, you're going to be able to look on your little chart and you're going to say, well, okay, well, based on you know what you're trying to sell me, I'm going to then you know see what that idea is. And I'm now realizing that it actually uh, has virtually no rejection. Um, costs a lot of money. Oh, and this is the downside. It is, oh, well, aside from the costing a lot of money, it virtually never works. Okay. So it's a good thing I had your chart. I mean, that's kind of the essence of what we're trying to create. Yes. And so it will apply to you making better decisions about to buy or not to buy so that you run it through a filter with an educated background instead of quote, trying this and trying that right. and being a sampler. It also well, I have a little bit of a hidden agenda here. It also will help you identify your own tendencies. Maybe it's not that somebody's trying to sell you something. Maybe it's that you've always gravitated towards something that's more passive, but you just didn't realize it because maybe the three agents that you know do the same thing. And so we're going to we're going to help you have better filters. For example, how long should it take for this to work? Does it ever work? What's the expenditure? Is there rejection or no rejection? High skill or low skill? Low results, high results, profitability, yes or no? Let, let me give it's them an a exa- filter, essentially. Let me give them an example, yeah. okay? So I was listening to something actually on Clubhouse yesterday, mm-hmm. and there was this uh, guy that was essentially positioning himself to sort of be the end-all, be-all expert on everything that has anything to do with ever making money for any industry. I mean, he would, let's it's just- kind of broad, but okay. let, Exactly. <laughs> let, let's just say he had a very low ego and he was a very humble guy. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, let's any, just say in, in this room that had uh, 800 or 1,000 people in it. So this guy was sort of hoisted up on the virtual stage in Clubhouse and people were listening to him talk and he was sort of, you know, pontificating about stuff. 
Um, and the initial stuff he said was really good. And then he started talking about a conversation that he had had with a real estate agent, a new real estate agent. Mm-hmm. And after that, all of his content went to complete crap. And I'm going to tell you guys exactly what I'm talking about. And I'm going to actually ask Julie this. Sure. So he was talking about a new agent that called him. And this new agent was selling uh, or trying to sell real estate, never sold a house. Okay. Um, and she was, if I remember correctly, it was like up in Cape Cod, someplace up on the East Coast where mm-hmm. sale prices were really high and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And she really had no idea what her first step should be. Okay. Um, and she had, if I remember correctly, she had some um, familial ties to the area. She had some centers of influence of past clients, but really no previous sales background. I mean, just he kind of touched on these things, but mm-hmm. he really didn't drill down on ever having a real in-depth conversation to find this gal's strengths and her weaknesses. Yeah. Because all of us have natural strengths and all of us have natural weaknesses. And it's not to say that, I mean, you can definitely have the deck shuffled in your favor if you're getting into real estate and you have a... You know, you're extroverted and you're a driver and you have sales background. I mean, you're going to have an unfair advantage over somebody that's the exact opposite. But this guy didn't even talk about having actually sort of explored what her natural strengths and uh, and natural weaknesses were. He just went right to his big idea. And here was his big idea. Mm -hmm. You ready for this? Here it comes. I know. And I just, when I heard this, it made my skin crawl. So he didn't qualify her as to whether or not she had any money. He didn't seem to qualify her as to whether she had any sales skills, whether yeah. she could build a centers of influence past client list, whether she was just anything, right? Other than just yeah. a gal on the there phone. There was no getting to know you. Not, well, no getting to know you, but also not – he clearly didn't know real estate. Okay. So he then goes into this – and every conversation that he ever has always ends in the same thing, talking about branding. He always goes back to branding. You have to brand yourself and then people will call you. You yeah. have to brand – and this this is the underlying fallacy of 99.9% that's, every, that's sold to real estate agents. And, and I'm going I'm to qualify that by saying branding absolutely has value. Of course it does. But in real estate, if your goal is to make money, you don't even have to really think about branding. All right, actually, don't let me forget the secondary point. Okay. Uh, Brent, who I have just sponsored at DXP, yep. told me this story today right before the podcast. Okay. So I'm going to go back to talking about him. Don't mm-hmm. let me forget. Brett. Brett. All right. Because I'm going to be 51 in March and I forget shit sometimes. <laughs> it happens. Okay, it happens. <laughs> just random stuff. Yep. You know, I convince myself the stuff I forget is not important, but I have a feeling that's not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. Well, so this guy, um, he then tells this gal, this agent, that her, what she should do mm-hmm. is she should set aside $50,000. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And she should put together a magazine Ugh. and to mail this magazine to this particular high-end you know, geographic yeah. area. And somehow that's going to create a brand yeah. that's going to make people want to call um, her. Yeah. And so and, – and everyone in the audience was going, oh, my God, that's the greatest idea ever. Oh, you know, they're lighting candles uh, for this guy. You know, people were probably you know, scheduling themselves to get tattoos of his face on their arms and whatnot because this was such an incredible idea. Uh-huh. No, it wasn't. It was a horrible idea. The worst idea I've ever heard. Massively irresponsible to, to – okay, Clubhouse is free. She wasn't but, paying – But let's pick it like, apart. Yeah. I, exactly. My skin is crawling. Exactly. Well, yeah. so aside from the fact that he didn't really pre-qualify her as to whether or not she had In any, any skills. In any way. But let's just look yeah. how dumb the idea is. So he thinks that somehow by mailing some magazine. Now, okay, how is she going to put a magazine together? How is she a copywriter? Does she know anything about putting a magazine together? How many pieces for how long for how many months in a row? Okay, well, just drill down on this one simple idea. Yeah. How much is it? So, how much does a magazine cost to produce? And how's the magazine going to be distributed to people in the community? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be a postal carrier route sorted, or is it going to be direct mail? Now, stay with me, listeners. I know I'm about to get mail nerdy on you, but just listen. Okay, this is the difference between someone who knows what the hell they're talking about and someone who doesn't. So, if it's par- uh, now most people in this area 
are this is a third home area. I, not, I exactly what I was thinking. You know what I'm thinking, right? Yes. So don't say it. Uh-huh. Don't don't step on my story. I won't. So this is not a second home market. This is a third home market. So she is going to be doing. Let's assume direct mail, and they're going to be mailing to people that aren't there. Now, if she does postal carrier route sorted. What happens is it just gets dropped in everyone's mailbox, which means the owners who are absentee won't get it. So if she's going to do the least expensive stamp, which is she's inevitably going to have to do, otherwise it's going to be extraordinarily expensive, like probably more than a dollar, maybe like a dollar twenty with label to mail everyone, not including the cost of the magazine. So it's not fifty grand. This little idea he had for her. it's way more than that. Assuming she even knows how to, you know, magically she's some sort of magazine publisher and she didn't mention that, right? So if she's going to – just this, the postage alone, if she has to direct mail these to where the people are living. In other words, she's getting an absentee owner's list from the tax reporting records and she's mailing it to where the people's primary addresses are. The cost per magazine per month will probably be better than $3. And that's assuming she can even assemble In postage. It. You're not even talking about the magazine. No, it's magazine it postage. Magazine? If, if, okay. she had, if she had probably – I mean, yeah, maybe more. Extraordinary yeah. amounts of money. Sure. And so she puts this magazine together, and let's say she decides to run into the end zone with this guy's idea. And let's say she puts together the most kick-ass real estate magazine okay. ever. And there's some beautiful ones that we've seen. Sure. You know, it's got all the base information on that this is and that's and the other things, and it arrives in people's say mailboxes. Well done. well done. Who cares? You think that magazine's going to make people want to call her? Now, she might get some buyer leads. If she leaves the magazines at Starbucks and whatnot, I mean, so if she's going to rationalize her return on investment based on buyer leads, then, you know, it's a great idea then. But why would you ever buy buyer leads? There's another big stupid, you know, so he goes on to say that I, that, you know, she then implements this, which I seriously doubt. But then he said she had implemented it and then she got something like eight or 12 buyer leads. Buyer leads are free. (laughs) Okay. So let me move on. That was a terrible idea for all kinds of reasons. All we have kinds of reasons. Right. We were just getting started. We were just getting started. Now we're going to drill down on this on the on the yeah. topic today. All right, so uh, Brent, and I won't say his name, uh, last okay. name, okay, but he's a longtime listener. Uh, he knows that your birthday is uh, coming up in March. Hmm, and, he even, and he even knows how old you're yeah. going to be. Oh, boy. Because he turns the exact same age a month <laughs> oh, later. All right. Well, yeah, that's I know fair he's list- I know he's listening now. So, hey, Brent. So he told me at, at, we were just kind of you know vamping a little bit, and this was maybe an hour ago. But he was talking about the fact that he listed a house, oh, mm-hmm. and then he gets a sign call. What? What? And the buyer calls off the sign and buys a house. No. What? How does no. that work? Right? And buys a different house. So and he and I were joking because oh he's a podcast listener. The fact that everything comes from listings. So why would you do what this, you know, clown was suggesting that she does and, you know, goes through all this extra effort? Now, you can replace magazine with social networking. You can replace magazine with branding because his thing is everything's your brand, your brand, your brand. People are going to choose to do business with you because your brand. Maybe, but where the real reason they're going to choose to do business with you is because you're basically in front of them at the time they're deciding to actually uh, list their house because they've done business with you in the past because you're a referral from someone who you've successfully helped sell the house or because you're you know directly pro, uh, you're prospecting, you're having direct conversations with them about solving their problem. So unlike, and this is the thing that you guys got to be clear about, branding again has value, but you have, you're in a weird business. You're, most branding and marketing and advertising, all these gurus, what they're going to do is they're trying, they're reading off the same playbook 
And they're not taking into consideration that you're not trying to find inventory or let alone, I mean, you can find inventory from expired listings, from FISBOs, from notice defaults, from all the other, you know, 52 ways we teach you guys how to lead generate. And a normal company, the company has to, like if you had a pie business, for example, you have to find your customers. Well, if your customer is going to walk into your pie store and buy your pie store, your pies, you're probably going to want to have a lot of nice branding, pictures and you know descriptions, and you're going to have to use all sorts of flowery language to make people want to buy your pies, right? So you have to get them in your store. You have to convince them that your pies are the pies they're going to want to buy. So in that particular case, you better have nice branding around your particular product because you've got to create the product and then you've got to create the customers. That's in real estate, we don't have that problem because the product exists. It's called homes for sale. Mm-hmm. It's called listings. You guys get it? So all these gurus and these experts and these social media, you know, whatever, they're all basic. They're reading the, from the same playbook and not taking into consideration that real estate, unlike virtually every other industry out there, does not have to create its uh, product. The product is out there for you guys to sell. All you have to do is quickly and efficiently get in between the buyers and the sellers. Now, think about what I just said. Break it down. Let's say you're a chiropractic. You're your chiropractor. Same deal, right? You open up your store. You'll have this, you know, location. All these fixed costs. All I don't even know what how, how much it costs. I bet you open up an, a, a decent chiropractic's office. You're probably quarter million, three hundred thousand at least. Then you have to go out and get the customers. Well, customers aren't going to come to you unless you have nice branding and making your, you know, you have a nice logo. All the very, very basic things. But what really branding is is sort of creating a, a, a reputation. It's a story. It's something that's going to make people feel comfortable considering doing business with you. You guys understand? And then they'll come in and maybe they'll choose to do business with you. In real estate, again, if you want to get into real estate right now and you want to make money helping people right now, learn how to be a listing agent right now and go after the listings, go after the sellers immediately. And when you do that, you're going to quickly, you're going to discover that while the other agents are believing in this, you know, branding gobbledygook that they have to do it first. That's the big lie. You do not have to create branding first in order for people to want to do business with you. You will create branding naturally from your sold signs. You will create branding naturally amongst your centers of influence and past clients. Who cares if you're never famous? And this is one of the questions. I know this resonates with a lot of you guys. This is a little epiphany I had a long time ago, probably as a result of a bunch of coaching calls. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have to choose between being famous and being rich, and I'd ask you when you were in your 20s, you would probably say, you're going to, you will say rich. I'm sorry, you'll famous. say famous, mm-hmm. right? Everyone chooses to be famous when they're younger. If I ask you that question, you're in your 30s. You're going to probably say the same thing. In your late 30s, early 40s, you're going to have to think about it, right? Yeah. And then when you're older, you're definitely going to say rich. And so what happens is, is that your ego and your motivation when you're younger is looking for that recognition from strangers. Your motivations are different. You're you're thinking that you're looking for affirmation and recognition. That you're important, that you're relevant. That you're on the right track. Right. You know, you're a little bit more needy if we were being honest. Exactly. And when you're listening to things like, you know, Clubhouse, and it is a cool app, by the way. Um, and when you're listening to all these people talk in Clubhouse, it's so fascinating how quickly even novices discern the people who are basically tall hat, no cattle. That's Texan's way of saying full of it uh, versus the people that actually are the real deal. And it is immediately obvious because the people that are 
the fakey dudes, they're always talking in terms of, you know, frankly, branding and marketing and, you know, how to create this image and this aura and feelings and all these other touchy feeling language. They're not talking about results. And sure enough, what all the, what all of them are selling is exactly what they're trying to believe that you need in your business to be successful, which is branding. And I hope you guys are understanding what we're saying. We're just doing our best to save you from a painfully expensive uh, learning curve. Because if you get into real estate now, or if you're in real estate now and you're thinking the reason that you're not making more money is because you haven't you know, chased all these shiny nickel you know, object ideas, and that's the reason you're not making more money, you're wrong. The reason you're not making more money is because you're thinking about yourself. Your branding is an ego, egotistical, narcissistic venture, and it's not thinking about what you should be thinking about is how to be service to other people. Branding and being of service to other people have nothing to do with each other. If you pivot your focus away from you, how people are thinking about you, whether you're getting recognition, whether you're getting approval, what all this stuff that branding these branding gurus are going to tell you you're supposed to be thinking about, these social media gurus are going to tell you to be thinking about, that's all about you. Pivot and start thinking about how can I be of service to other people? What, how can I learn to solve other people's problems? That requires skill. So I'm yes. teeing you up. Well, so remember, you're not the product. Yes. The houses are the product. Right. Being of service to other people is your job. Well, the profit is the product. The profit is the product. But you need to lead with skill, not lead with trying to sell yourself somehow. Right. So, and and by the way, branding is absolutely super expensive. Yes. You know, it's not, it's you not like you can spend a hundred bucks on it. And you can't hold it accountable. <clears throat> no, you can't. Because right. they always say, well, I just need to do more and wait longer. And that's what they all say. You guys should just for fun, when you get an email or solicitation <laughs> or a phone call, which by the way, isn't it ironic? The people trying to sell you uh, you know, leads and trying to sell you branding or picking up the phone and calling you the very same thing that you won't do for yourself to generate business. They're actually doing to generate business even all the while they're trying to sell you stuff under the belief that you don't actually have to do what they have to do. You guys understanding <laughs> the, the hypocrisy here? Yeah. It's insane. So ask them the question next time you get you know hit up. So, okay, you know, Sally, I appreciate the fact that you've got the best branding and whatever ever, and I have, you're going to show me how to be a social networking, marketing, you know, media influencer and all the rest of it. But can you tell me exactly how long it's going to take for me to see a return on the investment of the money that you're asking me to spend? In other words, how long does it take for me to actually see money in my pocket from the efforts you're asking me to take on average? Just, you can, you can round the number up, Sally. And Sally's going to say, well, it just depends on your, this is the other thing. In other words, you, everybody's different. it's like a slippery bar yeah. slope when you're talking to these people. Okay. So let's just say you, okay, Sally, you got a, you know, good cat and monkey show. I'm going to go ahead and sign up for you. You could be my branding marketing guru and we're going to start doing all your branding marketing. And okay. She's going to, you know, six months you're in paying this service and people are maybe even saying, I saw your Twitter feed or I saw your this, the other thing, or your inspirational cat video on YouTube or whatever. And so you're starting to believe it. Now you're starting to make videos of you walking around downtown and you're going to be the mayor of your local community and all these things that you're believing are true, right? You are 100% sold on it, but you're still not getting any leads. You might get occasional buyers that are raising their hands and you're thinking, oh my God, it's working. I'm getting a buyer that's paying attention to me. It's actually working. And then you keep doing it, keep doing it, no closings. You're not making any money. You still believe it's true. And then when you go back to ask other people's advice, you you know constantly surround yourself with people who are thinking and doing the same thing. 
and none of them are actually admitting the truth, which is the stuff is narcissism, and it's not actually generating uh, closed transactions. The things that are generating the closed transactions, guys, are always going to be the things that always generate closed transactions. It's called having the listings. That's the reason Zillow's doing the iBuyer thing, because they want to have the listings. When you have the listings, you have to beat the buyers off with the stick. And yet, billions of dollars, I don't even know how much money since Zillow came around selling buyer leads to agents. Billions and billions and billions, Carl Sagan, right? <laughs> no, they're probably Older, older people, yeah. you get that, right? So, <laughs> so you, okay, billions and billions of dollars have been spent buying buyer leads. And yet, buyer leads are free. They're free. They're everywhere. Well, talk about what, what Brett said to you. He took the listing. Yeah. Oh, got the buyer call. I got off my story. Let's go full yeah. circle to Brett. Okay. To thank you for reeling yeah. me in. No worries. All right. So this buyer basically went out with him. Like he showed him three houses, this buyer, and bought a $500,000 house. And he's, he was uh, on his way to do something with the escrow. That's what the story was. And yeah. this was basically like a fresh pending that came off of a sign from a house that he sold. And this buyer was calling off the, essentially the sign, you know, the sold sign yes, effectively. Yes. This is known as self-generation. That's free. He pays no referral fee. He told me the buyer was a $15,000, whatever his commission was. And so that came off basically having the listing. The way you have leverage in this business, the way you have a real real estate business is you focus on going after the listings. Listings are a skills-based business. Listings requires you to know what to say and how to say it. Listings means you have to learn how to compete. And you're spending how much of your, you know, 100% of your time, if you're spending any more than like maybe five or maybe 10%, but the smaller the number, the better of your time on uh, all the shiny object ideas, on branding, for example, on all these other things, more than maybe five or 10% of your time uh, per day, you are doing the wrong thing and you're not going to get the results and you're probably going to fail out of business. And remember what we've been telling you, the average agent fails out of the business within 24 months or less. It's Julie and I's belief that that number has actually fallen, that the average agent is failing out of the business now in little more than a year. And yet, all these marketing and branding companies are more than ever in all these lead selling, you know, gimmicks and these CRMs. Well, they know they have to get you before the end of your first year because somebody else will. And yeah. that company will make you broke first. Right. So that that is what they're doing. They're knowing that you're not going to be in the business for long. They didn't they don't have to create products that will do anything other than, you know, they know your average, uh, the average agent's going to be in the business for 24 months or less. The numbers of people that actually go beyond that is, you know, tiny. And the ones that are in the business for as long as we've been in the business, I mean, we are absolute freaks. And a lot of our long-term coaching clients are the same way. Most yes. people don't make it. Why? Because they never learn to do the real work of real estate. And they're constantly chasing the new ideas because they've never learned how to do the real work. They're having to go from one easy button guru to another, to another, to another. And what happens is these little gimmicky ideas, they start working and then they stop working. And then they have to b jump to another one, to another one, to another one. And then they have interruptions in their cash flow. They never save any money. They accumulate debt because one gimmicky idea didn't work as poorly as the other. And you guys get the idea. Versus actually having built their business on a foundation of having proactively generation skills and real sales skills. That's what we do. Yes. Okay. So let me give you an example because some of them will be intimidated by what you just said, the real work of real estate. It is work. Okay. And, and they're scared of it because they don't know enough about it. Yeah. Fear of the unknown. Sure. And lack of experience, lack of exposure to it. So let me give you a story that was in my email last week from one of our longtime coaching members. He was asking about how to put a transaction together. And we talked about that. And then he said, by the way, this is the result of what you taught me, you know, six months ago, where he, he didn't even have any listings. 
He held another agent's house open. He did a really kick-ass job using the coaching we have on real, on open houses. He got the listing from doing a good job in that. It wasn't even his listing. So he got something in the neighborhood, listed that. Then he got a bunch of sign calls off of that. So the buy- One thing led to the next. The seller walked to the buyer. So he actually probably went to, following our, our system, yep. he went and basically invited all the neighbors to the open, open house. house. Invited. So what, yep. just a little idea here, guys. When you're going to do an open house, which you should be, and I know we're in the COVID era, but you can do it and be COVID compliant. And so what he did is he went door to door and he invited all the neighbors. And let's say the open house was going to start at one o'clock for the general public. Well, he's going to have a neighbor's only open house where it's probably going to start at 11. Obviously, the na- people coming through the open house at 11, he knows who they are. They're neighbors. A lot of neighbors, maybe they're walking through the house just to see if they can find, you know, a uh, you know, a rake that they think their neighbor stole or right. check but out what's in the sneak garden. preview neighbor open. Right. I'm trying yeah. to make him laugh. But yeah, you get the idea. They're, they're com- a lot of times these sellers or these neighbors are comping their house. Is this is my house better or worse? But what the agent's going to do is gather their information, follow up with them, obviously, and then he's, they're going to find out whether those people are actually thinking about selling. And this actually is another powerful tool that we suggest all of you use. You have to have listings to do this. Uh, well, you can do it in ads too, but listings is the way we suggest you do it. 1-800-HOME-HOTLINE.COM. 1-800-HOME-HOTLINE.COM. It is an old school IVR. It's been around since forever, but it works incredibly well. And the gist of it is, is that people are going to see your new for sale sign or any for sale sign. And on the for sale sign, there's a writer. The writer is going to say for free 24-hour record info on this house, call this 800 number and push this extension. Now, you can also do it texting. It doesn't matter. Text this to this. That's fine. And the QWR thing, that works as well, but not very many people in the United States still know how to use that. So I would definitely just do it the old-fashioned way of having them call at the recording. When they call and listen to the 24-hour recorded information, they're going to hear a brief recording on the house. And then that brief recording on the house at the end of it is going to get your voice. It's going to give them an option of you know pressing zero to schedule their own private tour or they can just, you know, whatever. But they called, you have their phone number. Anytime someone calls a toll-free number, the person paying for the toll-free number, which is you, gets their phone number. And then the way the system works, it texts you in usually about 15 seconds from the second that they enter the number into the system. You guys following me here? So you have a neighbor driving to work. You pounded your sign in the yard the evening before. They're thinking about putting their house for sale sometime the next 90 to 120 days. They don't want to talk to you. They don't want to talk to anybody. They want to know the price of the house. They then call the 800 number. They listen to the recording. You're going to give them a price range. I'm going as fast as I can to cover as much ground as I can, but hopefully you're getting the gist of it. But here's where the magic happens. You're going to call them back. (gasps) What? What? Yes, that's right. You're going to follow up. It's called Furiously Fast Lead Follow-Up. I believe it's chapter 12 in our book, Harris Rules on Amazon. You're going to call them back and you're simply going to say, hi, this is Tim Harris with ABC Realty. Obviously, use your name and the name of your brokerage. (laughs) Come on. In case that slid past you. Yeah. So, hi, this is Tim (laughs) Harris with ABC Realty. As a courtesy, when people call our 800 number, we like to give them a quick call back to see if they have any questions about the home they called about. Now, you only gave them a price range. You did not give them a price. So, they're going to want to know the price. And so, they're going to say, what is the, you know, what's the price? Or first of all, they're going to be impressed that you called them back, like blown away in a lot of cases. Um, And then they're going to say, they're going to ask about the price. If not, you can prompt them to ask about the price. And you say, well, let me check on that or let me confirm the current price or just something. And then here's what you say. As soon as you call them back, they're going to, you're going to have a little nice, you know, maybe a a mild um, opportunity to do a little bit of, you know, bonding. And then you're, then they're going to ask their question and you're going to simply say, 
Uh, by the way, which house in the neighborhood are you thinking about selling? Let me check to see if that house is still available. Let me find out the current price on that. By the way, which house in the neighborhood are you thinking about selling? You guys listening to what I'm saying? You thought it was a buyer lead. It's also a seller lead. And that's what you discover. So when you are actually a listing agent, what you'll quickly discover is that within probably 48 hours, sometimes 72 hours of putting the house for sale, if you follow our system, if you do the open house, if you do the other thing we're suggesting, is that you will pull out all the lowest hanging fruit in that particular neighborhood of sellers that are actually thinking about selling. Now, when you get those seller leads, you're going to probably, if you don't have a personal relationship with them, you're going to be competing, maybe with a center of influence agent or somebody like that. And that is just right as rain because you're going to have our pre-listing pack. You're going to know how to compete. You're going to know how to win the listing. And you already have a competitive advantage because you're going to know who the buyers are in the marketplace for that particular house. And you can obviously tell the seller that you have an advantage because you already have, you know, essentially you've got a sign in the yard of their neighbor's house. Guys, this is what we teach you to do. But you see how it's a system. First of all, somebody's going to ask how much 800 Home Hotline is. It's super inexpensive for what it generates. I think it's $35 a month. It's like massively inexpensive for what it generates. Right. You know, I mean, I look at not just is it cheap, but, you know, what's the ratio for what you get for what you're paying? And so if you have one listing, now let's say, for example, you don't have any listings yet. And just to think, if for those of you who think you have to basically wait forever and, you know, toil away your life working with buyers until some, you know, magic oracle comes, taps you on the shoulder and says, Julie, it's time for you to become a listing agent. You can become a listing agent the second you get your license. How do I know it? Because Julie and I did. We sold 103 houses our first full year in business, and half of which or more were sellers. Well, and our first transaction was a listing. Yep. And where did those listings come from? Or where did those buyers come from? Well, guess what? They were the sellers that were selling that were moving up. Or maybe they were the pe- people buying our listings that were double ending. But we went directly after the business. Now, I wonder, honestly, as I'm catching my breath, I'm wondering how many of them actually in the business right now have ever heard anything like what we just said. I'm going I, I to think get, it's unlikely. It's unlikely. And that's sad. It is. It and, is. Well, like I said, when we started discussing this, it's because of lack of exposure. You know, it, it seems more intimidating than it actually is when you say the real work of real estate, because they probably don't know anybody that does it this way. And, you know, the skeptic in them doesn't want to believe that it's that simple because the system really is super simple. It is. You you have a combination of things that are working in conjunction. This is our system. This is our coaching uh, system, which Julie's talking about. Yeah. So, you know, even if you just get that first listing, right? Because that first listing, you put 800 home hotline on it. You use a home brochure box. You, open you learn it, how to do hold open, it open houses. Yep. You canvas the neighborhood. You get to know the neighbors. Just one listing is all you really need to open up the world to you. You don't need 2,000 drip leads to get the 3% to you, maybe think about you. You don't need to you know, buy leads. You don't need to be on someone's team. You don't need to do any of the crap that basically the mob tells you that you have to be doing. You don't. No. And I don't know if you guys quite understand that this business truly is incredibly simple. Being successful in in real estate, if you focus on the listing side of the business, is is it's very simple. It it really is, guys. Once you move past your own mooring lines with regards to all kinds of you know psychological garbage, and the best way to do that is just to get into uh, get into action. 
you know, we can talk about that forever. But really what you have to do is you have to focus, follow one course until successful, and you have to stop chasing the shiny objects. And you have to realize that if you are not hearing what we just said from anyone else, you're probably caught in an echo chamber. You're in basically a food processor of bad ideas that are just going to continue to fleece you of your time and your money to the point where basically you're just going to be ground to bits. And that's unfortunately what happens in real estate. Well, see, a lot of them listening, this is resonating with them because this is the time of year where they have to renew all those contracts with all the crap they've been buying. Yeah. Because I get a lot of those questions either totally. on our Me Facebook too. Live or whatever, where like, you know, I've already spent, here. it makes it worse because they feel like because they've already spent 12 months on something or two years on something, and now it's time to renew. Well, I've already spent that much. Maybe I should just stick with it. Well, if you've spent that much and you've gotten jack. Don't feel bad. There's you should going, feel bad if you renew again. There's I don't know who said this. It wasn't me. Yeah. I wish it was. But there's mm-hmm. a difference between quitting and, and quitting while you're ahead. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, Julie's example sort of falls into the, the line of thinking. But so, you guys have got to just bottom line it with yourselves and realize that the things that you're going to be attracted to are going to be the things that are being sold to you that require no skill and no rejection or no perceived rejection, but they do require your money. And so that's what this chart's going to be. And your patience. Yeah. Waiting, waiting for something to happen. And you know as well as I do that those cows are never coming home once they left the barn. Yeah. I mean, if you haven't gotten anything after six months, 12 months, 18 months, what makes you think that the 19th month the world is going to open up to you? That is a shocking thing. Again, I was listening to somebody talking about you know, something and somebody in the audience, and, and this was another Clubhouse event last weekend. Yes, I'm kind of obsessed with Clubhouse. I'll tell you what the reason I'm enjoying listening to it mostly because mm-hmm. it, it's affirming to me. That's yeah. what it is. I'm feeling like, you know. Well, you're staying connected to what people are thinking about. Right. But more than anything I've ever, it, it's sort of like going to a bad convention every day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not all of it's bad. Some of it's really I good. Know. Not the real estate stuff. The real estate yeah. stuff for the most part. It's really bad because it's just an echo chamber of the same thing over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. All these Gary Vendorchuk wannabes, and I like Gary Vendorchuk. I think he's great. But all these Gary Vendorchuk wannabes, all of them saying and regurgitating. And it's just like this never-ending, you know, it's like – It's a cycle. It's a cycle. And you you go and you tune in, and I have to assume – that all of you are exposing yourself to this never-ending barrage of sameness, and you just must believe that that's the only way to do it. But what you're not making the connection of is these people are trying to sell you into the only thing they know how to sell, which is basically gimmicks. And look, I know this is harsh, and it's direct, and maybe it's offensive, and but you know what? Who cares? Because the reality of it is it's the truth, and intuitively you know it's the truth. If you feel... At, you know, mad at me or Julie, mostly Julie, because she's so rude, isn't she? <laughs> I try. <laughs> if you feel in any way that we're offending you, then you probably are your ego in your, you know, let's just m- remove the word ego. It's probably because you're so, it's like your ideas, your marketing, your all, all this other stuff has become almost like a religion to you. You've, you've got so much of yourself personally invested in your branding and all of this. You don't want to admit that maybe following that path was not the uh, best way to go, assuming your goal was to help people and make money. And so for you to not do those things anymore feels like a personal failure. But it shouldn't feel that way. What it should feel like was you should be thankful that you had that experience so that you now know what it is. 
and you will be immune to somebody trying to sell well, this to you again. It's called experience. Now yes. you have some. And you had to pay for it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And hopefully you're listening to us before you decide to you know, throw in your real estate license, you know, throw in the towel. Hopefully you're listening to us and you're realizing that, look, this is the perfect time of year to hit the hard reset button. And actually, Julie, you're reminding me of a, a Charlie Munger quote. Mm. Uh, and this was uh, Warren Buffett's partner. And Munger is one of the only people that Buffett said he admires. So I thought this was kind of interesting. He said, don't try to be famous. Make your work famous. You yeah. know, and, I, and, and by work, he meant obviously the results you get for other people. And I think that for me was inspirational because mm-hmm. that is the truth. Well, it's a great North Star, isn't it? Yeah. When you're trying to decide and wade through all of this stuff. What are you leading with? Are you leading with being famous or are you leading with being rich? And where does rich even come from? Right. right? That's by focusing on helping others. And rich, by the way, if those of you guys are, you know, have a struggle with that word is where your money works for you. You no longer have to work for your money. And that, you know, rich could, our goal for all of you is you essentially have enough money coming in that's not dependent on a real estate transaction to meet or exceed all your financial goals and objectives every single month. That is rich where you are financially, you know, the 800 pound gorilla is no longer uh, riding shotgun. No longer running the show. That's right. So by the way, I forgot to mention because uh, Julie got me fired up before the mm-hmm. podcast today and gave me a uh, shot of coffee, mm-hmm. is that if you have not yet downloaded your business plan yet, just text 2021 to 855-685-1045. Text 2021 to 855-685-1045, and we'll text you back a copy of our fill-in-the-blank real estate treasure map, which is your fill-in-the-blank business plan. And this is something that's perfect for all of you to be doing right now because it helps you to clarify the direction that you're going um, and frankly, if you actually use, you complete the treasure map and then you actually follow the treasure map, you're going to find it to be a very cathartic, a feeling of relief because you're going to have more, you know, sense of direction than you probably have ever had before. So the so the graph, Julie, let's just touch on what yes. they're going to have to look forward to. Okay. All right. So this graph that we're creating for you, and I'm looking at Julie's notes now, if you hear paper shuffling on one, will you explain it, Julie? Well, so what we're sorting out here, let me grab my glasses. Is that, and I think maybe we even turn this into a poster, it would be great in we the could. offices, et cetera. And I'm also turning this into a couple of pages in the planner that we're working on for that. Good. Okay, so let's say that you have a graph of all of the possible places you can get business. We call these spokes of lead generation, right? And that's everywhere from expireds to branding we just talked about, drip campaigns, door knocking, REOs, short sales, open houses, 800 home hotline, just listed, just sold for rent by owners, everything, even builders. Well, how do you decide what you're going to pursue, okay? Now, the tendency, it's the human condition to want to do probably the least amount of effort with the least consternation with the most results. But let me the have, problem is that you never get the results from doing those things. Right. So let me. So you're saying the natural human tendency is to go down the path of least resistance. Sure, of course. And I've heard people that are selling the path of least resistance mm-hmm. to be whatever, obviously, they're selling. And they always love to use the water of going down the mountain. I knew exactly. you were going to okay. say that. Yep. They always, they, because we share a brain. Yep. So they always say that. They're always making it so their product is going to give you the most res- oh hold on I have to, I have to put in my woo-woo voice <laughs> with the, the way to think about marketing and lead generation is the path of least resistance so when the water's flowing down the mountain and it hits rocks it doesn't try to go through the rocks oh no it goes around the rocks that's what that's how they oh, sell you that sounds you. good that yeah. sounds good yeah that sounds good give me good. some of that now Julie <laughs> just get out your credit card number <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's how it works okay. but, but, but not on our chart our chart will show you let, let's say that you wanted to investigate all you know all of these things you know are, are out there floating around in your brain let's say that you wanted to know more about hmm maybe my question is 
where can I make the fewest contacts but get the best results? So the path of least resistance, before I got into my woo-woo voice, the path of least resistance is the path of the most resistance. And here's how you have to look at it. What you're doing when you choose the path of least resistance is you're actually uh, procrastinating. Thank you. You're procrastinating the real work and you're spending real money to procrastinate real work. And you're also stretching out the time enormously, possibly to the point where you won't even be in business. And the Right. And the real cost of it is, is when you chase the path of least resistance, aka easy button, and it doesn't work for you, then you erode your confidence. But not just that, you take away your time on this planet where you could have been doing the yep. right thing to begin with. It's actually long term more stressful. It's just that you don't feel it on a daily basis till it catches up to you. Doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level actually is the path of least resistance over time. Doing what you want to do when you want to do it at whatever hell level you want to do it at, that is the path of the most resistance. But you don't realize that until you've actually stopped and looked to see where in life you've gotten results. Where you've gotten results is where you've actually had to, you know, you had to trance through the different levels of learning. You've had to go through unconscious incompetence to conscious incompetence to Con- what are the other two? Conscious I was, competence and unconscious competence. There you go. I was just quizzing you. I, know, I, I but knew. it does all sound the same. I, I knew. I was just trying to see I if know. you knew. I'm just testing. Yeah, I was just testing right, you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, back to well, your chart. So you should be able to look at our chart once we have it all sorted out for you. Once it's charted. Uh, and and say, all right, well, maybe I don't want to be waiting that long. Maybe I I'm going to dedicate an hour or two a day. Right. To something. Okay, well, what? How do I actually compare this stuff? So let's let's compare something like expireds versus just listed calls. Okay. Okay. So expireds, according to our chart, has a low ratio, meaning you don't have to talk to that many people in order to get success. So let me break that down for the non-numbers yeah. people out there, which is all of them. Yeah. So in, when we when you are learning how to do anything, right? It could just be. Any kind of activity that's going to require a new effort, the be- new skill set, the best way to do it is benchmarking yourself off numbers because numbers will basically make it so you can track as you improve. And if you're not improving or, you know, worst case getting worse, then it'll give you the optics on the fact that you need to maybe, you know, do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it. And you skip the last part, which is the highest level. And so when she's saying, for example, you know, just listen, just sold call, uh, calls, let's say, or even door knocking on just cold doors, that requires no skill. Not really. Nope. And, and there's virtually no effort. And there's I mean, no rejection. Well, there's effort, but there's no skill yeah. and there's no rejection. You're just like a public service announcement. There's, exactly. There's a new listing or there's a new sale. Yeah. Knock, knock, knock. Hello. Or ring, ring, ring. Hello. There's a new listing on 123 Elm Street. I'm calling everyone in the neighborhood to let them know. Do they happen to know of anyone that's thinking about moving into the house and in the neighborhood? Of course, there's no not a lot of skill required on that. And of course, the result's going to be very low because you're calling a bunch of people that don't actually have their hands in their air saying, yes, I want to buy or sell real but estate. But Tim, I can make lots of those contacts. Exactly. And it's easy. And that is, again, going to be a low yield activity. You can do it, but you're going to have to make thousands of these contacts, a conversation with a decision-making adult before you ever get a result. And by the way, that same fallacy of logic also applies to geographic farming, applies to anything, drip campaign. And you're on the low list. Exactly. So, so whereas you are calling an expired, after you have a skill set, which is acquirable by all of you, and when you have your listing system down, which is acquirable by all of you, you have to maybe make, we get most of our coaching clients to usually within 12 uh, or fewer contacts. Yep. 
uh, then they can set one pre-qualified listing appointment. Our best prospectors, people that do it as a ritual every day, can usually set a pre-qualified listing appointment for every three contacts. So they call three expireds, they're setting a pre-qualified listing appointment. Having three conversations with the decision-making adults, and they're they're essentially setting a listing appointment. That amount of time for some of our prospectors, some of our really good ones, they're maybe on the phone for an hour a day, and they're able to set one listing appointment a day. And that's the minimum standard for our real rock stars. Yeah, it's even better than that because they do it fairly religiously for only an hour, hour and a half a day. They end up with a lot of expireds to follow up on. So their lead follow up is actually improved because they're consistent. Now, let's say, for example, you don't, you have a heavy accent. It's too difficult. You may be, whatever, you don't want to prospect. I've had plenty of people yep. that will say straight up, Tim, if you ever ask me to pick up the phone, call anybody, I'm going to fire you. Me too. <laughs> I'll fire you and I'll have you shot. Well, that's <laughs> fine. So then what we do is we'll ask them what they will do. What are they doing? And then we'll help to build them up on whatever they're already doing and take it to the next level. But the first level of this is realizing that what most of you are going to be naturally attracted to are the things that require no skill. Um, and then basically have no rejection, thus no skill. And you're also going to get the least result from it. And you're going to fill your day with doing all this stuff. And Julie, you don't even have 90% of the other stuff that these guys are wasting time on. We have, we I need know, to build I can barely out. write the ones. I know, but it's so much. I, I know, I'm not done with the, the crappy part. Like blogging. Blogging was things for like yeah. 10 years ago. I got to write two blog oh, posts a day. And then it's going to get SEO'd yeah. and somehow magically people are going to read my blog and think, exactly. oh my gosh, you're an amazing blogger and your article on real estate is incredible. I'm going to list my house with you. Nope. Unless you look at Tim and Julie's chart, which says this falls into the low category, which gives no, low rejection. You're not even talking to anybody directly when you nope. do that. Uh, no predictable results, slow or no response, very high ratios required, low or no control, low response rate. But yeah, you get to utilize your low level of skill. And you do work theater every day, right? You're going to go and do some blog posts and some YouTube videos and you're going to like some things and you're going to send out some tweets and you're going to whatever, whatever. It's work theater. Here's the real litmus test of whether or not you're actually doing real work a day. Are you putting yourself in a position to hear the word no By a decision-making adult, not your kid, not your dog, not your spouse, not your partner, right? To hear the word no at least five times a day. If you're not, you're not working. How about that as the new rule, as your 2021 going forward rule for whether you actually worked that day? Did you put yourself in a position? Did you ask directly? Where you might be rejected. Right. But along with that, Tim, comes, yes, okay, so high level of potential rejection, but you also get with that highly predictable results, fast response and results, you know they're going to do something with you or not. Uh, You have a high level of control, high level of response, and highly profitable. But yes, it requires a high level of skill. Yes. But guess what? It doesn't require hardly any expenditure. I mean, you could do our system with, you don't even have to pay for anything except your cell phone, gas in your car, some signs, home brochures, normal stuff, MLS. But you could find your next listing and then spin up all of the rest of your work for the next month or quarter off of really doing that right. You hardly have to spend anything. By the way, I like you better with brown hair than blonde hair. Well, thank you. I've decided. It looks better. It looks way better. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, so you don't don't do the blonde thing again. Yeah. Good. I okay. like it better too. That's so. That's the end of the show. That's the end. Of our conversation. I, I is comment beat. in here. You know, we got that really sweet email from somebody. I wish I I, I had saved it, but you know that lady that uh, she emailed us. Liz Wilkerson. Let do you remember? Do you, you know where it is? Can you find it? Um, I mean, we remember what she said, and I appreciate her. Well, we should read it. Was it an email though? Yes. We should read this. I'm sorry, Liz, if you're listening, and we didn't acknowledge this, but Julie and I have been meaning to. It was because it was really nice. Oh, I see. 
Oh, really, Julie? You spell Liz L I Z? Wow. There you go. Sorry. <laughs> there it is. All right, so you could read this. And, and we appreciate, I think we both saved this, but yeah, we, we, did. we haven't told you this it's yet. It's really sweet, though. Uh, in the middle of the podcast, or actually at the beginning, this is a previous podcast from about five days ago. Yep. Uh, you made me tear up when you were so gracious to your compliment to Julie. She is gorgeous, and to hear you tell her that makes your podcast all the more real. And I, I thank you for that, too. And, and I think, Liz, I, I appreciate you appreciating that along with me. Yeah. Huh? What does that mean? That means she noticed she's paying attention. She notices, you know... Stuff like that. But you know what, Liz? You never give me compliments. Oh, I sure do. You never say This is what happens when I do. That's why. <laughs> I get cocky. You do. <laughs> All right. So listeners, thank you for <laughs> <On> getting... that point. <laughs> so believe it or not, this continues to be the number one listen believe to daily. <laughs> In spite of the Sunday show. <laughs> well, this is this is not even Sunday. I know, I know. So thank you for continuing to make this number one listen to daily podcast for real estate agents. Look, guys, I am sincerely apologize. I do mean this. I'm not just yeah. saying this. It, when we say things... And we say it in such a in a slightly maybe caustic way. We do that to get your attention. We're not attention whoring. We're just trying to do it to basically shake you out of your belief structure that might be holding you back from becoming yeah. the best version of you as a real estate uh, sales professional. And if sometimes we have to make you sort of laugh at yourself or say things in such or a squirm. way, right? That's good because where you're squirming or what you're resisting in life is where your growth needs to be. And that is absolutely true. So wherever your pain points are in life, you got to write those down. When you hear an idea that's offensive to you, you got to write that down. And you got to start thinking to yourself, why is it that I was offended by what you know Julie just said or what I just heard? And then check yourself on your emotional response to that. Because that emotional response could be holding you back from ever going to the next level because you're so stuck in the mud about your 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 belief structure about the way you're doing business. Guys, one thing is for sure. The industry is changing faster than I've ever seen it change before. It's extraordinary how fast it's changing. And this year, frankly, I think we're into a completely different trajectory. And we've talked about this on the podcast endlessly. But you look at all the iBuyers and Zillow's and real estate, all these things, these are all going to trigger. Don't just focus on, for example, Zillow being in real estate. Focus on the uh, consequences of Zillow being in real estate. The overall trend. Right, the overall trend. And EXP now is obviously going to become the biggest real estate brand in the world. Did you guys see any of you following the stock? I mean, two years ago, it was $6 in some sense, and now it closed yesterday at like almost 120 So there are so many macro trends that are spinning up that have already basically left the station. I hope you're participating in these because these types of big trends only happen really once in a lifetime. There's so many amazing things that are going to take place. And I'll tell you the one thing that is definitely, I'm 100% convinced this is true. Everything is going to go back to the uh, spoken word. Everything is going to move back towards people talking. That's where it's going to go. That's where it already is. And I keep on mentioning this stupid app, Clubhouse. And that is an example. That is 100% spoken word. No text, no pictures, no dancing cat videos. None of that Mickey Mouse. It's going back to basically people learning how to communicate and people learning how to answer each other's questions. And remember I told you guys in this app, I'm hearing how fast and easily people are picking out who the, you know, full of S-H-I-T-T, how do you spell sh- shitter types? <laughs> 
Anyway, how, I think they understand how quickly the people who are the real deal rise yeah. above the fakers. And before, if you are the real deal um, and you're essentially caught in this whole tsunami of narcissism, that's social networking, it's difficult for you to actually let the market know that you're the real deal, that, which is, you know, validates our business model ever, more, even more so. But now if technology continues to trend in the direction that it is, which I'm 100 yeah. percent convinced it will. And it's going to go back to the spoken word. Those of you who have the skill set will annihilate the people that have been able to get by by yep. faking it up to this point because they're going to hear within your voice a level of confidence. They're going to hear within your voice honest to God expertise, not being a fake expert, and they're going to want to do a business with you. The voice thing is going to be the um, – the uh, you know, what is it called? I'm not a nerd, a computer guy. I'm a nerd, but not a computer guy. The the interface you have with technology is, sounds like UG or I forget. Mm, but the new remember. look at look at all the home devices. It's all spoken word. You know Amazon Pixel and you know Apple. Uh, what's our Apple thing called? Uh, she always, hey oh, Siri, Siri. Yeah. right? And you, all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, that is going to be the new way that you're going to communicate with all of your technology. How about this, guys? You're worried about you know Zillow's IDEX feed and you're worried about all these other things that are going to somehow get in between you and your buyers. I and you know I have news for you. The new Google for search is Google. Google is actually going to basically make it so you're going to walk into your house and you're going to say, "Hey Siri, uh, you know who's the best realtor in town?" or "Hey Siri, who sold the last three houses in my neighborhood?" And Siri is going to tell you. And so that means it's going to be more preference is going to be put on the listing agent and. Those of you guys who are still believing, and I've heard this all the time as well, that you should be working on your reviews and you should be building up your Zillow reviews. Guys, you're wasting your time because Zillow is taking your reviews down. Zillow is taking your home sales history They're down. They're not your friend. They're not your friend. They're your competitor. They're not even a friend of me. Is that, did I say that right? Yeah. Friend of me? Yeah. They're not. They're your straight up competitor. They want to replace you. They have said that. Game is over. CEO of Zillow, he disintermediated the travel agent business. So is there going to be space in you for you in this new world where you're going to have all these sort of well, high-tech I mean, competitors? they literally said that. The answer, yes, they have. And the answer is yes, but you're going to have to have the skill set because you're not going to be able to fake it anymore. Like those of you guys, it's so funny to me. You know, these Instagram pictures where uh, and then you meet the person in real life. It's like, I mean, what? yeah, what? I mean, okay, I get it. So you've learned how to use filters on Instagram. You've learned how to basically use filters on all your in, your interactions and all the ways you've been sort of trying to get the public to believe that this is your this is who you really are, right? But when people come into interaction with someone who actually has a skill set, especially when you're competing to a listing, all the fakers are going to be toast including the agents who are going to be working for Zillow, assuming you have the skill set. So I strongly encourage you to get the skill set. I strongly encourage you not to waste time. I strongly encourage you to get your priorities right. Have a business that's proactive lead generation based and marketing enhanced. Don't do it the other way around. Anything else you'd like to say to these guys? As always, get to work. Yeah, get to work. And by the way, yes, if you'd like to join Julie and I at eXp, we would love to talk with you about being your sponsor. Uh, text us directly. 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. Thanks and have a fantastic day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, 
Thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.